the message. We are starting a short sermon series today called The Stress Test. The Stress Test. You know, we all have different areas of anxiety and stress in our life, right? I want to make sure there's no one here that you'd say, I've never had stress in my life, never had a problem. Please, I want to see you after service. Tell me the secrets to your life because uh, we all have stress, right? We all go through different times of anxiety in our life. And, uh, you know, there's a famous scripture in Philippians. It says, be anxious about nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. Now, we can always come in prayer, casting our cares to Jesus. That always helps alleviate stress. And I don't know about you, but I thought Pastor Nate did an incredible job last week talking about prayer, right? That was awesome. Please go check that out if you missed it. Yeah, give it up. Give God praise for that. It was an awesome message on prayer. He said prayer is personal. Prayer is obedience. And prayer is the last one. Prayer is forgiveness. All three of those things. And so what a challenging message. And um, so prayer and thanks, giving God praise, that's a great way to start in alleviating anxiety and stress. And today I want to pivot to a unique topic. I'm going to be honest with you, I'm a little nervous to preach about this because I haven't heard a lot of messages on this. I I promise it's all biblical. We're going to show you where it is. But today we're going to talk about something. You know, stress tests, oftentimes they involve um, running on a treadmill and and monitoring your your heart rhythm, your blood pressure, and your breathing. Your breathing. We're going to talk about one thing that you are all doing right now that we need to do continually in order to stay alive. That's called breathing. Today, the message is entitled, Catch Your Breath. Catch Your Breath. Have you ever heard that before? You know, maybe you're, you're struggling, you're having a panic attack. You have to take a moment and get your breath right. You know, there might be, um, you might need to take a deep breath. If you see someone crying uncontrollably, they have to take a moment to pull it together to get their breathing right. And breathing can actually correctly help you run faster, There's a reason why there are breathing exercises exercises when you're in labor. Not exercises, not exercises, exercises. Um, When when you're singing, you have to take a moment, get your breath in the right spot or you're going to go off the note, right? You're going to go off pitch. Think about when you're at the doctor's office and they want to check your breathing and they stick this thing on your back that's approximately the temperature of an ice cube and say, breathe in, breathe out. You're like, okay, breathe in, okay, breathe in, breathe out. In fact, if you, if you don't take moments every day to breathe, you, your, your life on this earth is going to be very short. I hope you know that. Whether you're voluntarily or involuntarily thinking about it, you are breathing. And we're going to look at the word, what it says about breath today. And we're going to start at the very beginning of time. As in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, it said, Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living man whom he had formed. So it says, Adam came to life once God breathed on him. His physical body was formed before that, but then God breathed life into him, and that's when he came into existence. So the word breath, it doesn't merely mean physical breath. It also means he placed his spirit into Adam. Our existence is not just physical. Remember, we're, we're made up of a physical body, but also a soul and a spirit. That's what happens in Genesis. Fast forward to John. John chapter 20, 
After Jesus has been resurrected, he appears to his disciples. And this is what it says, John 20, verses 21 and 22. Jesus said to them, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. So, so what does this mean that Jesus breathed on him? You know, does it literally mean he, he came up to the disciples and just went, like that? No. And we know Jesus was perfect, right? He never sinned. But we know how bad morning breath can be, right? You can be a perfect person, sinless, but still have bad morning breath. But imagine, Jesus just resurrected. Think about three days dead breath, okay? That could have been terrible. But again, that's not what that meant, right? It's believed that in this moment, check this out, I never knew this. In this moment when Jesus breathed on his disciples, it's believed that this is the moment where the disciples were born again. Before that, the disciples, they were, they were followers of Jesus, but they couldn't be born again because Jesus had not yet been physically resurrected. So now that Jesus is resurrected, I think it's intentional correlation between God breathing into Adam at the beginning of time and now the second Adam, Jesus, breathing into his disciples and they become born-again believers. God lives in them just as God had breathed his spirit into Adam. We know Jesus was placing his spirit inside of them and also preparing them for a baptism and the Holy Spirit which was to come. We're going to talk more about that later, but right here there's a continual link between the breath of God and the Holy Spirit. Again, we're going to look at that more later on. But here we come to a passage. We're going to take a moment here in Acts 17. If you've got your Bible, I know I've been pinging around. We're going to stop in Acts 17 or camp here for a few moments. Acts 17, starting in verse 22, it says this. So Paul, standing in the midst of the Areopagus, said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. For as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I found also an altar with this inscription, to the unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods in the boundaries of their dwelling place that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us. In him we live and move and have our being, as even some of our own poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring. So here Paul is. He's standing before this group of men. These are philosophers. These are, these are knowledgeable men, knowledgeable about religion, but yet they don't really truly know God. Okay, They don't have a relationship with God. It says they have an altar there that states to the unknown God. 
Paul says that the God who made the world and everything in it does not live here, nor does he need anything. Check this out. This is extra today, as they say, but when he talks about God doesn't need anything, if you think about the other pagan gods, different religions, cultures, they're always demanding things of their people. The God is always taking from the people. The people are always giving to the God. Isn't it amazing that we serve the God that gives to you and me? He didn't have to. He doesn't demand anything. We love him. We worship him back because we care about him, because we love him so much. But he doesn't demand anything from us. No, he gives to us. He gave his son for us. He gives us life and breath and everything. He gives to mankind. Our first point this morning is very simple, but every breath is a blessing from God. Think about that for a moment. Every breath is a blessing. God gave you life and breath. That means both your physical breath, your physical life, but also your spiritual life and spiritual breath. They were given to you by God. Remember the song, Great Are You, Lord. We've sung that before in the past. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise. There's so many songs about the breath. Let everything that, everything that, come on. Everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Some, some of you old, you remember that one, right? I'm, I'm taking it back for a moment this morning. Adeline brought it back with, I could sing of your love forever. So I felt, I felt like I could go back that far. Breathe on me, breath of God. We can make a whole playlist of songs about the breath of God. Why do we sing about breath? Because every breath is a blessing. Every breath comes from God. Taking that breath right now, that, that is something to be thankful for. And you might say, well, why, why should I not be anxious? Because God created you, and he gave you breath. And if there is still breath in your lungs, then there's still purpose on your life. Amen. There's a reason for you to be on this earth, amen? God's not done with you. You're, you're, you're not too far gone for him. The stress and anxiety of life cannot defeat the God who gave you your life. So guard it with his peace. Take a deep breath and know that God has given you your life, your breath, your everything. Every breath is a blessing from God. You don't realize how much a, a breath is a blessing until you're struggling to breathe. Have you ever been in a pool and, and you've got a friend messing around and they put you under and you, you're grasping for breath? When you get to the surface, you're like, thank goodness, thank God for that breath. I was struggling. Have you ever got the wind knocked out of you? That is not a fun experience to have. I remember being six or seven years old, and my older brother, him and his team, they were getting ready for a soccer game. And uh, so they were warming up, they were taking shots on goal, and I felt courageous in that moment. And I said, I'll step in and be like a goalkeeper, try to give you guys something so it's not super easy for you to get the balls in right. Six or seven. Not a smart decision. My dad's not paying attention. He's trying to coach the team. He's trying to do other important things. So I'm sitting back there, and, and, and all of a sudden, their best player, they call Dominic the Machine, okay? Dominic the Machine comes up, and he kicks this ball so hard. And I got to say, I stopped it, but I stopped it with my gut. And this is the first time I've ever had the wind knock out of me. I'm just like, oh. I'm like down. I'm like, God, what's happening? Am I about to die? Like, the lights are going out. What is going on? Like, I'm, I'm just like laying on the ground. Like, I can't. You are not thankful for a breath until you are struggling to breathe, okay? And sure, I stopped that goal, but I almost died doing it, okay? <laughs> Every breath is a blessing from God. 
that, that term, the wind knocked out of you. If you've ever seen a football player getting tackled and he's got the ball here and he falls down and he kind of lands on the ball and he lays there for another minute, the commentator might say he might have got the wind knocked out of that the ball pushed into his lungs and, and he just needs a moment to kind of recover. Our life and our breath, they are given from God, a blessing from God. Read verse 26 again there. After it says that he himself gives to all mankind life and breath, verse 26, it says, And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth. One man. Who's he referring to? He's talking about Adam. He's talking about, Paul is appealing to the crowd in this moment saying you may come from here, you, you, you may have lived here, but we all have the same ancestral unity. We all came back from the very beginning of time. We came from Adam. We all have our breath and our life from God because God created the first man and he breathed his life into him. Then in verse 28, it continues this idea, the idea of life and breath coming from God. Verse 28, read that. It says, in him we live, and move and have our being. It's amazing. Paul is so good at connecting the dots for unbelievers. He'll take things that, that people don't have a relationship with God, but they understand. He takes this poem, not a Christian poem, but he takes it and he compares it to our God. He says, yeah, you've heard that poem? That's just like our God. In our God, in him, we live and we move and we have our being. He is the giver of life and breath. And if you have worries and anxiety, I encourage you to take a moment to slow down. Take a breath. Because life may not be perfect, but it's a gift from God. And when you slow down, and you calm yourself down, you're able to see your circumstance better in comparison to the stature of our God, the one who gives you your life and breath. Go back to verse 20, 25, right? It says, he himself, it gives to all mankind life and breath, life and breath. Take a moment to look at that, life and breath. The Greek word for life is zoe. You may have heard that before. There's some churches called zoe church. It, it means life and living soul. And the Greek word for breath is nahe. And it means breath, breath of life, but it also means wind. And there's only two times in the New Testament that we see this word nahe. This is one of them. Let me show you where the second one is. Go to Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Let, let's read this together. It says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This right here, this is Pentecost, okay? This is what Jesus spoke of in John chapter 20 when he breathed on them and told them to receive the Holy Spirit. That is what's happening right here. We're, we're going to be learning more about the Holy Spirit soon, friends. 
I hope you're ready to go into a sermon series on the Holy Spirit. I've already asked Pastor Dave, founding pastor of Radiant Life, to come and preach here on the Holy Spirit. So you better buckle up when that happens. If you know he's coming with you, he's ready. He's filled. He's with ammo. He's ready to come at you with all the scripture on the Holy Spirit. I'm excited. But let me show you one small thing here. We, we said the Greek word, nahe. In Acts 17, it was the word for breath. But here in Acts 2, in verse 2, it says, Suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. The Greek word nahe here is wind. I want to take a moment to connect our second point, the breath of God and the wind of the Spirit. The breath of God and the wind of the Spirit. Let's take a moment. If this is one of the weirder messages you've heard, I promise next week we'll talk about something more normal. We'll do something else. But I promise this is, is everybody okay right now? I just want to make sure we're okay. Okay, okay. The breath of God and the wind of the Spirit. You see, breath is not just what God has given us. There's a physical breath that God places inside your body to inhale and exhale, and we should be grateful for that. But there's also a supernatural breath or wind that not only affects you, but it affects the people around you. And it affects the environment that you're in. You see, when the Holy Spirit came, it wasn't just one person. It was a group of people. It was felt by an entire room. That's the breath. That's the wind of the Holy Spirit. The wind of the Spirit began to move in a powerful way in and through people in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit had been moving since the beginning of time. I want to make sure we understand the Holy Spirit wasn't created in this moment. He was just manifested in this moment. If you go back to Genesis chapter 1 in the beginning, it says the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. He's been there since the beginning of time. That's, there's a natural breath inside of you, but there's also, I encourage you to look for the breath or the wind of the Spirit, because the wind of the Spirit has the ability to create, to bring to life, to resurrect. We don't have time to get into everything, but if you go back to Ezekiel, I think it's chapter 37, it talks about the dry bones, breathing on the dry bones, they come back to life. All, all t- types of things in there. If we talk about catching the wind of the Spirit. Talk about worship team, for example. We've talked with some of our worship leaders on how in moments of worship to catch what the Holy Spirit is doing. You know, our, our team does a great job. I hope you agree. They do a fantastic job leading us in worship. And we want to do things with the spirit of excellence and, and transitions and musicality. But sometimes, as you saw today, we take a moment to just pause. Not because they don't know what to do next or they're concerned, but they're, they're waiting to see if the Holy Spirit is trying to do something different in the room and trying to catch on to that. They don't, they don't sing an, a spontaneous song to impress you. They're trying to feel out what God is telling them to lead in that moment. That's what catching the wind of the Spirit looks like. So what is the breath of God? What You may say, that's great, catching the wind, the breath of God. What does all that have to do with reducing my anxiety? I want you to know that, first of all, this is not medical advice, okay? Please do not take this home to your doctors or say anything. This is not medical advice, but it is biblical advice. Because when you take a moment to catch your breath, it gives you a chance to catch what the wind of the Spirit is doing. A moment of reflection can invite the Holy Spirit into your situation. 
We're going to continue to look at this. We're going to, not next week, but the week after, we're going to look at another answer to anxiety. We're not going to do it next week because we have Mother's Day, and we've got a, a special guest speaker for that day. I'm not going to tell you who it is, but it's a woman, and I'm married to her. But I'm not going to tell you anything else. You have to figure it out from there or wait. But it's going to be a great morning. And the week after that, we're going to look at another example of how we can reduce our anxiety, and that's taking time to rest. We're going to look at the word Sabbath in two weeks. Why? Because you can't go, 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 and expect your anxiety to fall, fall, fall. It doesn't make any sense. If we don't take a moment to stop and slow down, we can't reduce our anxiety. When you pause and you reflect and you rest, you invite the Holy Spirit to speak. That's where, that's where anxiety can drop. Stop and take a deep breath. Focus on the voice of God. Breathing in his thanksgiving, breathing in praise, breathing out doubt and insecurity. Because there are physical things, guys, that we can do to posture ourselves to hear better from God. Think about it. In worship, you know, we can lift our voices. We can lift our hands. We can bow down. You can do these things at home, right? You can try to get away at home, get to a quiet place at home. Other physical things you can do. You can take communion. You can give a financial gift to somebody. All these are great things, right? They are physical things that we can do to posture ourselves. But those things done without relationship with God will actually produce nothing. They're just religious acts that we're regurgitating and doing as part of a habit, but is our heart connected to it? Right? Are we singing songs of praise with heart for God? Are we lifting our hands with a heart of surrender? Are we bowing down in, in reverence towards God? Are we taking those communion elements with, with a contrite heart, with repentance? Are we giving a financial gift as a cheerful, generous giver? You see, when we combine that physical with our heart, that's where we connect to the Father. That's where change comes. So when I talk about a moment to breathe, I want to be clear here. I'm not just talking about a physical exercise. Because that's when you can actually go down to bad things like mysticism and Buddhism and yoga. I don't really care if you do yoga. I don't really care if you do yoga. I'm just, just kidding about that one. <laughs> but what I'm saying is if you take the physical moment of calming yourself, quieting yourself, taking deep breaths, breathing in the breath of God and inviting the Holy Spirit to speak to you, that is where change comes from. That's where there can be spiritual benefit. Our last point this morning, number three, stillness leads us to awareness. Stillness leads us to awareness. Some, sometimes you need to slow down physically and breathe in a little slower because you see things better when you slow down. Think about driving past a billboard sign Think about driving past it at 75 miles an hour. Think about driving past it at 25 miles an hour. How much better are you able to read that sign when you're going 25 miles an hour instead of 75? Probably notice things that you didn't notice before, colors, fonts, what it was talking about. How many billboards did we go past and somebody asked, what was that about? I have no idea. I have no idea what that billboard sign says about. When we drive slower, when we slow down, that's when we can notice change. 
Slowing down helps us to unpack, peel off the layers of anxiety. I don't know if this helps you, but on a day when I'm struggling, okay, I'm just kind of in a funk, I'm just, I'm just going through some things, I find it helpful for me to slow down and take a moment and process why am I feeling the way that I'm feeling. You know, I, I kind of review the day. I think back. For you, it might be, well, the kids got into the pantry again and we're messing things up. And, and before that, they got our order wrong at McDonald's. And before that, this person cut in front of me at the roundabout. And I'm not trying to downplay any of those frustrations, but when you reflect on them for a moment, it allows you to put it all into perspective. And then before all of that, you realize at the beginning of your day, you had a bad job performance review. And that kind of just set everything off in motion, bad thing after bad thing after bad thing. Perspective gives you the opportunity to work through your stress and simplify and shed off those small things. When you take a moment to unpack the reasons for your frustration, you begin to see, well, yeah, the kids got in the pantry again, but that's it's not the end of the world, right? Yeah, they, they gave me a, a small fry instead of a large fry, but I'm going to be okay. I'm not going to allow that to ruin my day, right? Yes, that person has cut me off, but honestly, the past five days, I've cut somebody else off in there, if I'm being honest. And so uh, I, I need to have grace for them because people have grace for me. I know that's not you. I'm just talking about other people. Like, I would do that. Not, not you. None of you guys would do that. <laughs> when we take a moment and we slow down, we catch our breath, breathe in the peace of God, that's where we can start to unpack those layers of anxiety and stress. Brent, if you could come up and, and play keys as we get ready to close. What I'm trying to say is that stillness leads us to awareness. How do I know? Read Psalm 46 with me here. Actually, I want, I want you to close your eyes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share this scripture with you. I want you to close your eyes and hear this clearly. Take away any distractions. Here we go. Psalm 46, 1 through 9, it says this. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Open up your eyes now. Isn't that so good? All these things about our God. He is our refuge. He is our strength. The earth can break away, but our God will remain the same. All these things that it says about God. Notice it says He is our strength. God is ours. 
want to show you the next verse. It changes from He is our strength, God is, to a personal message from God. You've probably heard it before. Psalm 4610, it says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still and know that I am God. Stillness can lead you to an awareness of His presence. Taking a moment to catch your breath allows you to get caught up in the Spirit of God instead of the worries of today. Stillness came before the knowledge. It says, be still and know I am God. Not I am God, so be still. No, be still so that you can know that I am God. Would you stand with me this morning as we close? I'm not going to draw this out or anything like that, but I just want us to take a moment to practice this. We didn't call up the whole worship team. We're not going to sing a song, but I just want to take a few moments, one or two minutes, to practice this. I want you to take deep breaths and invite the Holy Spirit to speak to you. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what stress or anxiety levels are like for you, but I know that if we be still, we can know that He is God, that He is control. Let me pray for you, and then let's just take a moment in this. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this moment. Help us to be still and know that you are God and you are good. Help us to be still and know that you are in control. Help us to be still and know that the things of this world cannot overcome us because we believe in you, the overcomer of all things. So we invite you into this moment. God, breathe on this moment as we hear from you in Jesus' name.